and uh, the middle of Ois Hafez. And he asks, the king asks a new question. It's not something which is completely new because really the, the, this has already been answered. It's more than once than what the Chacham told him, but it's a new angle, let's say, of a question that's already been discussed. And the, the, the king says to the Chacham, he says, I'm now going to ask you to explain to me a little bit. The Karoim were a group, a splinter group of Klai Yisrael who were very similar to the Tzadikim of the time of the Mishnah and that they didn't believe in Torah Shabbat Beit. And therefore, they accepted the Torah as it was written. What are they called? Karoim. Karoim. Or the Karaites, as you're going to call them today. And there are still vestiges of these people around. But they accepted the Torah as it was written. They didn't expect uh, Chazal's interpretation of the Torah. But... Uh, not just Chazal's interpretation. If the understanding of the way they looked at the Torah was that what we understand the text says we do, we don't understand the text says we don't do. So they didn't even accept themselves. Because just because one Karai might have thought one way, somebody else doesn't have to accept your interpretation. I listen to mine. Therefore, there was absolutely no sense of a continuity in what they did because everyone was entitled to interpret it however they want. And basically didn't need lead to much of a, a system which was passed down. But either way around, the king asks, I see them being more mishtadi in what they do more than the Rabbanim, which means that they are part of the Shabbat. And I say, I see them as being more, so to speak, true to the Pshat of the Torah. In other words, what we explain, what Hazal explained to us, what the meaning of the Torah is, the Quran wouldn't accept that. If that's the case, they would explain, like we say, the simplest way of reading the Pasuk, which, for example, when the Pasuk says um, that you can't be, that don't have to fire in Shabbos, so they understood it means literally. You can't have fire in Shabbos. So you can't have heat, you can't have light, you have to be in the dark, you have to eat cold food because you can't have a fire in Shabbos. You know how well explained, it doesn't mean you can't have a fire. It's a variation, you can't light the fire. There's a fire already that you can use it. But that was the way the Quran interpreted the Torah. And what the king is asking is, he says, maybe, like, explain to me why they're wrong. Because if they're going to do the Pesukim as would simply be the understanding of the Pasuk, so then maybe they'd be more accurate. I mean, other famous examples when it comes to Spirit Saibah. The Pasuk says, the fire of the Shabbos. And we know that that means, Chazal Teras, Machas Shabbos means Machas Pesach, the day after Pesach. The Grand Jesus, Machas Shabbos means Sunday. Shabbos is Shabbos, and Machas Shabbos means Sunday. So it's, even though there are reasons why the Torah used the word Machas Shabbos, which we've spoken about in the past, but nevertheless, if one wants to say, what's the simplest way to read the Pasuk, the Chorah, there's something to what they say. And if that's the case, the king asks the Chacham, how do you answer that? How are they Torah by as they're talking about the Kusim, not the Karayim, but the same idea. And it says, any of the Makabal themselves, Harbin Medaktik and Boyasim Yisrael. Once they decided to take on something, they were much more Medaktik in it than we were. And can you apply to the Karayim as well? That the things that they did do, they, they held off without any leniencies. There was no, there was no, so to speak, way to, they were completely steadfast in what they kept right. And therefore, the Kiloy says, maybe that's the matter. Why don't you, why don't you do the same? So there's two steps to the Chacham's answer. Um, even though we don't, there are, like I said, maybe a few and far between Shkayach Karayim still around today, 
that uh, on the whole we don't find them. But nevertheless, the point that the Chacham is going to make are still applicable to us because there are always those who are going to argue the same thing. Without a, even without an official ideology of Kusim or Karaim or Tzlokim, whatever they're going to call themselves, but they're going to say that like what, the way you're interpreting what the Torah says isn't the simple shot in the Torah. I mean, there's no better example than Tfilin. When, uh, when what the Torah says about Tfilin, there should be an ice pain in the sign between your eyes. And uh, everything else you know about Tfilin is all Racham Rosh It doesn't say in the Torah. Uh, it's, uh, that's the case. So then where do we see it written in the Torah? All the things Rabbanon tell us to do. So there are two points to the answer, like we said. The first is already discussed before. The second one is going to be something useless. What did they do to my phone? So, it says the Chavit. Amr So, the first one is that I already explained to you beforehand. This one is talking about philosophy, a principle. And then it's Ahishachmus, I'm sorry, Ba'asvar, Betayra, and then Amabiyah, Ratsamlaki. Ahishachmus, which means people who try to be clever and stand on their own. And the Torah isn't what Hashem wants. <coughs> Why? The Imlai, and uh, if you don't accept what I'm saying to you, then Hamishnah, those who were Mishanet, those who change things, the Anshe Akadmas, the people who believe that the world always existed, and those people who made up their own, so to speak, way to, to demonstrate or to observe the Rukhnias, Wherever they made up, but he's learning Bahar, and there's people who combine themselves to live like as uh, in, in solitude in the mountains. The Sarfi Benayim Baish, the people who burn their children in fire. You're going to say they misdoubt them, they describe it like it. They're working harder to miscarry to Asha. A person is willing to sacrifice his life to live in the solitude up in a cave somewhere. Or a person is willing to sacrifice his children. If you're going to talk about sacrifices being the sign of spirituality, so then these people are, you would call them the most spiritual. They're sacrificing the most. And that's not what Hashem wants. That's not what Hashem wants, and therefore people who do that aren't necessarily coming closer to Hashem, because like He says, what people think, the Chachmah of Tzvara, what people think they're doing in order to endear themselves to Hashem isn't what brings to Hashem's closeness. The only way to connect to Hashem is by doing the mitzvahs of Hashem. And therefore, what people take on themselves to do, as this is going to be a sign of my devotion to Hashem, is, uh, is meaningless. It's not, uh, it's not something which uh, is going to bring a person closer to Hashem. Because Baruch Hu knows the amount and the value and the time and the place for each mitzvah. And therefore, and therefore, Hashem does what to set in place that will cause the effect of make, of causing rust in Hashem. Now, this, this, he, when he spoke about before the Kazari, he made two separate points. I'm going to repeat them because they're both very, very pertinent. They're very important points to know. The first one is the reason why that a, what a person invents as a way to serve Hashem. And what a person invents is his own to serve Hashem is not going to work. It is because really Hashem doesn't need anything from us. And therefore, it's not the person, if a person says, Hashem, I'm going to give you something of mine, Hashem will say, Oh, well, I really needed it. Uh, it's going to make a difference. And Hashem doesn't need anything. And if that's the case, what, what does interest Hashem is, like we say about the Kabbalists, that's what causes the Reich, the Chayach, Hashem is, Shamarati, the Nasir, Ritzani. 
and now that people are obeying him, now that people are doing things for him, people are offering him uh, gifts or, or showing him their serious nefesh. Hashem doesn't need that. What the the one thing which is which is going to make a difference in the person to Hashem is the fact that people listen to Hashem. And if that's the case, that's only the gear, that's only applicable if Hashem told them what to do and that's what they do. Whereas if people do mitzad atzmon, it's not going to have the same effect. Now, you can ask me, there were there were mitzvahs done before Makintari. Let's talk about the Avos. There were people who did things mitzad atzmon and you see that have an effect. So in all these places, Chazal say that they knew what the Torah was going to say. And therefore, it was still the Gezat Zivui. Even if they went to Mitzvah, in the sense of Hashem told them to do it, but they knew, however they knew, that it was something Hashem wanted to be done. And therefore, if a person does something Hashem wants to be done, so then it's not Mitzvah to Hashem. He's doing Hashem's Ratzah. Whereas if a person decides on his own, I'm going to do something, and that's going to show Hashem how much I'm, so to speak, I'm, I'm, I'm showing I'm close to him, it's not going to work. And the best example of this, the Kuzar himself worked before, was the king of Moab, Mesha. We spoke about the story before, that Mesha, the king of Moab, he was fighting the Jewish people and he was losing. So he asks his wise men, he said, why do these people do that they're always successful? So the wise men of Moab told him the story of the Akedah. He said, Ram Avinu was willing to sacrifice his son, and that's since then it made a covenant between Hashem and the Jewish people. So Mesha said, all right, full speed ahead. And he took his son, Mesha, after him. And it didn't help him. And uh, even though he didn't understand, like, I, 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 I exhibited as much mysterious um, nefesh as Abraham Avinu did. I even carried it out. I went and killed my son. What does it help? It makes you a murderer. The fact that a person does something to show mysterious nefesh isn't impressing Hashem. If a person does what Hashem tells him to do, that's something which Hashem responds to, so to speak. By showing if a person on his own decides to do something, um, so then. That's uh, not something which is uh, going to make a difference. Because, like I said, Hashem isn't impressed by what we do as much as we listen to him. And this is what Shaul, and Shaul, after he didn't kill all the sheep of Amalek, he said, I'm going to bring him a sacrifice. Shmuel tells him, Hashem doesn't want sacrifices. Hashem doesn't need gifts. Hashem wants you to listen. And that's why the Vedamim asked the one who doesn't do what Hashem said. What's Makarib a person, brings a person close to Hashem, is listening to Hashem say, is uh, and that's nice and what a person does, which is his rotten, what he wants to do. So that, that again, if it's based on the Torah, what's based on what Hashem wants, um, that's uh, that's uh, that has meaning, has value. If a person decides on his own what he's going to do, mitzad um as avodas Hashem. That's not, like Zari says, Now I want to tell you something I heard a long time ago. It goes against a very, let's say, well-known story. I want to call it a but They say over a story that the Baal Shem Tov said, one time, in Shoshana, he stopped the dummy for a long time before the kiss. And then after, in his vicinity, he was very worried. And after a long time, eventually, he gave the cousin that we go ahead and start the shadow play. So after the story goes, after Shoshana, uh, the Hasidim came to me and said, Rebbe, what is wrong? Why were you so worried before the Keshev? So the way the story is told out is, he said, I saw this terrible Xayra in Shemaim against the Jewish people. I was trying to think, what else can we do to an Xayra? And he said, uh, and then, what happened was there was in some distant village somewhere in Europe, 
There was some Jewish kid whose parents died when he was a baby. He was brought up by a non-Jewish family. But they told him he's Jewish. And uh, he sees all the Jews going to Shana Shoshana. And he looks through the window. He doesn't know anything. He can't read the words. He doesn't know what's going on. But one thing, he has a flute. Where the story goes, so he takes out his flute and he says, I don't know how to dive and I'll play the flute. And he blows the flute and blows the flute and blows the flute. And he thinks, what else can I do? He says, I don't know how to dive and I can turn somersaults. So I'll turn somersaults. And he does that, and eventually, he's, after all his efforts of blowing the flute, turning somersaults, he's exhausted. And the way the story goes is that, uh, is that, that, uh, that uh, mysterious nefesh, and that pure, so respect, uh, efforts on behalf of this child, had a tremendous effect on Shabbat's about to be that's the way they tell so the story. It's the answer for Tzaddik and other places also. So I heard from Mishkinah, from Rufan Bredyansky, they wanted to ask Rufchatzka about the story. <coughs> so Rufchatzka said, I wasn't uh, too inclined to Hasidish in Hasidish terms, these kind of things. So Rufchatzka said, I He said, I've learned the Rambam, I've learned from Ben Yela, it's in Sisharim, and they talk about keeping the mitzvahs and learning the Torah, and I talk about playing the flute and doing somersaults. So I don't know what that's going to work. I could ask you, that's not what I should know. Visa Hashem wants somersaults. We get this. In Europe, he told me, he said afterwards, he went to tell his father, Herr Pasqua, answer the story. His father was, his name was Raphael Brilliansky, he was one of the Tamilim of Mir before the war. But he was a big, big Tamilim. He said he saw her, saw her that story. And he researched it to see where it came from. And he said that wasn't the original story. The original story was about, or there was such a story about a kid who who didn't who was, was had Jewish parents, he died young, he was brought up by a Christian family, and uh, he saw the Jews going to Shoshana, and just the way the story so in the original version was was he didn't have a daven, but he did know the other face. That's how I heard the right. story. So he said, I don't have the daven, I'll tell you the letters you make the words. He went to the other face, Gimel dotted again and again, and then that the, the Hashem was metaric to oasis to the words. He said, the story about the somersaults, he says, comes from Christians. It's not a Jewish story. Somewhere along the line, it got mixed up. The original story is out of his death, it's filler. Out of face is letters of the Torah. If a person says out of face, it's even begetted to Talmud Torah. And if that's the case, Hashem is makabal that. But flying the flute, turning somersaults, maybe it's it works. It's not a mess. And therefore, the Enechanami, it could be that. that there was such a story with the Milshem Tov, but yet the, the original version of the story was the kid said out of place. That's learning Torah. That's saying letters which are Kaddish letters, and that has an effect in Shemai. Blowing flutes and turning somersaults. That, that, that impresses Hashem. And that's the same you said to Kazarim. He was saying that mildly. He made a mistake. The third reason is that it's brought to Kisla reason. It was a certain Shamish in, who heard about the story of the Lechem Apollin, and he thought he also wants to bring Lechem Apollin. So every Arab Shabbos, his wife would make uh, two chalas, and uh, he would bring the two chalas, and he would leave them inside Aaron Kodesh. And every week when the Shkala came to Aaron Kodesh for Shabbos, he'd be happy to have two fresh chalas to take off. Anyway, this went on for a long time. And for one time, it was, era, it was the Shabbos before Pesach, and the Rav was in the shul preparing a Shabbos to go to Russia. And he sees this man walk in and bring two chalas to Aaron Kodesh, and reverently put the two chalas inside, and this is a and closet. And uh, he asked him, what in the world do you do? So he says, I'm bringing Lechem Aponim. And he once said that every yeah, Arab Shabbos and the Vesem Yerush, he used to pray about Lechem Aponim. And I'm tired of this, we're going to bring Lechem Aponim. So every week I bring two love, and I put them on a Kodesh, that's my Lechem Aponim. And, and every Shabbos, they're not there. 
So the Rav says, okay, so what do you think? Let's see what happens to them. They say, Mishnah, and, and sometime later, the Shamish comes, the Kavah comes in, he's a Mishnah, Abdullah Kodesh, takes the two Chalas. So Rav calls him up and says, look, he says, the two Chalas, he says, this is the man you have to thank for them. Every week he's the one who's donating your Chalas. So the Kavah was very embarrassed, and the man was very disappointed. But, uh, so I said, so what do you think you're doing? You think Hashem wants your Korban? I said, it's not what the is meant to be, and it's not the best of Mikdash. And anyway, you tell me, and it's uh, because it's just, okay. So it's, uh, but the story carries on that late that same day, uh, one of the Tamil of the Rizal came to the shul, and he said, I have a message from you, from the Rizal, that you're going to die tomorrow. To who? To the Rizal. On the shul, he said, you're going to die tomorrow. So he gets a big shock, he goes to the Rizal, and... What did I do? Well, I'm going to die. So he said, you should know, Hashem is tremendous in the Chas Ruh, from the Deeds Chalus every week. He went and wrote it. You're going to get punished. But this doesn't change what I said, because the Yisrael is, a person thinks he's doing a mitzvah, which Hashem told us to do. So maybe it's not more, and he didn't realize the parameters of the mitzvah, he didn't realize any of the mitzvah. But so, of course, he's doing what Hashem said. He didn't make something up. The Torah says, he thought I'm bringing that from my body. So he was wrong. I'm willing to accept that he didn't understand that 100% of that it definitely wasn't Nechmah If it would have been, we would have been so it's better it wasn't. But whatever the point was, it's, uh, the idea was he thought he was listening to what Hashem said. That's the important point. Mashiach, a person who makes up his own thing, turning cartwheels, whatever it's going to be, that's not what Hashem said. That's what you want to do. And do what you like. It's not going to make a difference. And there was the same look with it. If, if what's, what's motivating a person to do something is because this is what Hashem told me to do. So that's, uh, that's already something which is Makari a person to Hashem. Hashem, when a person dies because he's doing completely on his own, it doesn't have that effect. So if somebody brings a tefillin to... Uh, he can't feel it, because if a person is doing something, because that's what Hashem is intended to do. So besides for those mitzvahs, it's also for a guy to do, like learning Torah, giving Shabbos, there could be other mitzvahs which aren't also for a guy to do, and he's doing this because I know Hashem told people to do this, I'm doing it too. It could be the Islam idea to that. If a guy gets stuck, why? Because I see the Torah that, uh, that uh, Hashem says he likes people getting stuck. A guy that's chesed, because I see the Torah, Hashem wants people to chesed. Or, a much more clear example, non-Jews who save Jewish lives, because they see that Hashem loves the Jews. He doesn't get sorry for that, he probably does. Because he's not, he's doing it to, 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 because that's, he knows that's what Hashem wants. Now, the, the, so even if he's not Mitzvah, just like people before Matan Torah, they were Mitzvah, but they were doing what Hashem wants them to do. And then you actually want to do it. What I'm saying is a person can't make up things and say that's what Hashem wants, that's what I'm going to do. If a person gets very moved by reciting poetry, I knew somebody like this. I don't know, the old English poets that wrote about nature. And this, that this person is incredibly moved by old English poetry. So they used to get up and uh, recite poetry to Hashem. You know, like, uh, Lord, uh, whatever his name was, Wordsworth, whatever, they, I don't know, whatever the names of these people. But I don't think Hashem is impressed by that, not by him and not by Shakespeare, not by any of the other poets that this person decided to recite. That, that's, whatever the reason you think you're doing it is, but that's not what Hashem wanted done. The Arabs killed Jews because they... When it comes to anything of Ben Olaf, of Erech, it's a bit of Ben Olaf. It means Hasid, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a tzibu in the Torah. But we have to know it's something Hashem wants us to do. Otherwise, there's no point to doing it. We serve Hashem who Hashem tells us to serve it. That's what was in the Surah. So there's uh, what Hashem tells everybody as a rabbi, and then everyone's in service. The Hashem provides a path for a yachid. But that's something still we have a Messiah at, we have a Makar for, we, have, we, know, we know that's what Hashem wants us to do. Otherwise, we don't need to do things. We don't, uh, we don't, we're not making up a way to serve Hashem. What Hashem wants is that we listen to what He tells us. That's the first point. That's the general. You didn't answer yet. The second point He wants is, and this was what I before. 
And that is, is the second reason why people doing things doesn't encourage them to Hashem. And that is because they don't know what they do. In other words, like a who creates people and creates roughness and creates a system. And therefore he can say, listen, I know what happens when you do a certain nice This is what you do. This is the result in Shemaim. And therefore I can explain to you what to do because I, can, I know what the results are. My shaykh and a person who makes up his own thing, it's like he's acting a similar but he doesn't know what he's doing. So it's, it might not have any effect, it might have a bad effect, but man, if it is, that's something which is a, what Hashem wants to happen. And like I said, in the Zohar, when it talks in the Ram Heaven about the reasons for some of the mitzvahs, so you start to get a little bit of an idea of what Hashem was with Tzavah us, it, it wasn't random. It's because what we do has an effect. And the more we understand, and we can see what the effect is, then we understand a little bit of what Hashem does or doesn't want us to do. An example I always give is one of the mitzvahs in the Torah, which is often uh, put in the category of a chayk, is basal b'chala. The meat's kosher, the milk's kosher. I can eat them separately, I can eat them together. What makes them trade? And uh, there are explanations given, but not explained as a chayk. But the Zara gives a very simple explanation. A very simple, I mean, a deep explanation, but it's basically a usoid of how the Olam alien works. And the Zara says, that there's a hog in the world of chesed, which is compared to milk. Uh, something like white milk, something which is a sign of chesed is like milk. The mother gives it to the baby when there's nothing else, doesn't deserve anything yet, that's a sign of chesed. Uh, blood is a sign of death. And you know that the blood is in the meat. And therefore, when a person mixes basa v'chadav, he's actually mixing dinah into the chesed. And Hashem says, if you mix dinah into chesed, then it's going to change the hog in the world. And instead of what Hashem does with chesed, it's never going to get mixed with death. Now, if you understand that you said like that, you said, how nice and have that effect. So now, who would have thought of that? Nobody, because we didn't understand this thing. But now that you understand the correlation, so now I understand that. Just don't do that. He's mixing a Tanog and Shemai. And there are many, many examples like this in the Zohar. If you understand the system, then you understand why we would serve it. But a person doesn't understand the system. So you know what? I'm going to make my Halakha. Most of me taught for me. I'm not mixing apples and oranges. Apples and oranges. What's the difference? What are you doing? It makes no difference anyway. So it's not going to do anything. It's not going to empower a person to Hashem. Hashem understands what the person does, and matter, he can instruct. This is what you should, this is what you shouldn't do, because this is what's going to have the effect. The concept of giving mitzvahs is because he understands that the effects of our mitzvahs are defined by Hashem. And matter, he told us what to do, because the effect is not there. And therefore, he says, matter, what's going to cause us to be more ruchni, what's going to cause us to grow, we connect to Hashem, is what Hashem tells us is going to do that. That's the only way we know. Hashem v'hashlamosami arotsin v'adrekim yinarekim. K'moyshah v'maysah mishkan, Hashem v'chol melach v'imenu. Anything we should do with the mishkan, it wasn't because we decided to do it, or how we decided to do it. Every single point in the mishkan is kashet sivasha. V'yasal z'oran v'asal kaparas v'yasiriyas v'chol echad v'am kashet sivasha v'smoyshah. V'ratzalana v'loyta sefas v'graas. We didn't add anything, we didn't subtract anything, we did what Hashem does. Uh, because that's the way to guarantee that if you do that, that will, then it will have the effect, which will, will come down. And therefore, nothing about the Mishkan is something we would have necessarily thought of. And we decided in the rush, this is what we want to do. We obeyed what we were told to do, that's what we did. And therefore, the, the result of that was. Which means that what brings the Shekhinah down, or what creates a connection with Hashem, 
Yes, we learn the Russian tells us to do. We don't have to add, we don't, we don't change, we don't invent, we, we obey. That's what he says. Two principles of the Torah. Was number one, the Torah comes from Hashem, and therefore He tells us what to do. That's what we do. And that is that the Torah, which is given by Hashem, is we we understand it based on the Neva Me'akol in the context of Moshe Rabbeinu, and therefore, since uh, Hashem told us what to do. Moshe was the one who was we relied on him to tell us what Hashem said. We made it. That's what we do, and that's 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 how we're going to achieve what Hashem wanted us to achieve. And that's going to be the result. That'll bring the shred. Okay, that's the that's the first uh, point he makes, and he's going to elaborate a bit more on that side. But in the meantime, the first point he said, like we said before as well, is that before he comes to answer the Quran directly, he says, "Just understand, we don't look at education as the sign of Kirvas Hashem." We look at doing what Hashem wants the sign of Kiros Hashem. And uh, we made it if, if that's the case. Look at what? Dedication. How much a person is most nefesh? How hard he's prepared to try? Or is he prepared to sacrifice for it? That's what, how much we do it? Hashem wants us to do. Okay, so that's the first point he makes. And therefore, the fact that there might be others who are more uh, most nefesh than us, or more willing to sacrifice than us, doesn't prove anything. If it's not what Hashem wanted, it doesn't have any result. So, as we talk about this time, the next time we see the marshal again, it's very interesting marshal to bring out this point, and then he'll go talk about the second point of the Karayim, which means the way they read the Pesukim.